Welcome to the Magic Pisces Podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the clear blue skies, and before the great awakening. All right. Welcome back. It's been a couple days, a few days. 49 downloads of the last episode. Thank you if you are one of them. Coming to you 4.19 p.m. from COVIDville, California. Excuse me for one second. In, uh, from a place off the five. Coming to you from COVID, California in a little place off the five. So where to go today it's uh it's interesting i i woke up this morning in fear i woke up and my stomach was knotted and it's currently knotted and i don't know if you're familiar with louise hay but she's got uh her her most famous book is called how to heal or you can heal your life i believe but she basically goes down through every single symptom disease whatever that you could possibly have and associates a an emotional reason or an emotional landscape that or an unresolved emotional issue i guess you would say that leads to that that leads to the manifestation of that particular symptom and bear with me for one second cuz i'm just going to double check obviously the stomach is has something to do with worry and here's the complete list of the complete list of symptoms according to Louise Hay you can find this at alchemyofhealing.com but if we look at the stomach estomago as they say in espanol uh, digest ideas, dread, fear of the new, in inability to assimilate the new. Um, so it's actually more about holding nourishment and digesting ideas. And there's also that word dread. And I think a lot of us are sort of stepping into feeling something akin to dread. It's really interesting to witness all of it and again there's just more of this stuff on social media and this sort of back and forth and you've got one camp who just is going along we need to social dis- we need to continue the quarantine we need to continue the quarantine the quarantine is the safest thing to that that there is for us to do and we need to obey 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 and now you've got people sort of starting more and more people starting to go hmm I don't know about this you know like the governor of Oregon extended the shelter in place until July so that's two more months um, and they have 109 deaths so somebody pops in I I posted this article with very little comment Um, I just posted the article I actually had a little comment on it, but it wasn't exaggeratingly opinion. It wasn't overly opinionated or anything. I'm just like 109 deaths, sh- shut down the state for two more months, and someone chimes in at the end and says, "Well, obviously it's working." And it's funny because because I totally know the person that posted that, and it's it's kind of like, yeah, that's that, that. I don't think that's a person that is into doing stuff outside. <laughs> I don't think that person is into 
cycling or skateboarding or kayaking or surfing or running and it's no judgment against them i'm just saying there's just certain people um you can just really see the projections of people's subconsciouses in in how they are relating to the situation and myself being obviously fundamentally rebellious you know born with a middle finger extended in some way shape or form out towards the everything or at least towards authority um, towards injustice, uh, I, of course, have a propensity to fight back and rebel. And I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. I know all these punk rock people, these, like, punkers who are just, like, laying down. They're just like, I believe Fauci. <laughs> like, we need to stay inside. And I'm like, that's just not, like, isn't punk rock, like, like shouldn't you just be inviting death or something? You just totally lost punk rock points. And whatever. I mean, I'm really just talking shit over here, but it's not just talking shit because you see people um, taking sides and they are extreme. It's, it's basically the, the people on one side believe that the people on the other side, the, the people who are the people who are just going along and buying the narrative. And by the way, I'm not. I'm not downplaying COVID. I'm not downplaying death. I'm not downplaying your grandmother getting sick. I'm not downplaying my mother who could get sick, who's got diabetes and asthma. I'm not do- downplaying the deadliness of it. That's not even remotely it, as I've said before. But you've got people uh, lining up in camps, and, and it's kind of like one, the, the people in the one camp think the, other, the, the, the people in the other camp uh, should die or deserve to die. Or the people in the the camp that's sort of going along with Fauci, they think that the people in the other camp who are like, I want to go surfing or take a walk without worrying about getting in trouble. It's like the people in the Fauci camp are, it's like they think that the other, the, the other people, the people in the other camp don't um, respect life or don't think life is sacred or, or something or that, you know, that they, they want people to die or whatever. And it's just, it's just, weird and I don't want to bring my mother into this because she's a relatively private person but she's got asthma and diabetes and she's just like what the hell is going on here this is weird you know what's up with the mayor of Chicago going and getting a haircut when all the barbers and beauty salons are closed and the mayor just says because I'm the mayor and then you know whatever's going on in Michigan and you just see people you can I can like I'm just really seeing my communist friends really sort of uh kind of become more communist-y. It's funny. But it's not, because as I said, I woke up with dread today. My stomach is tied in a knot. There's just this, like, what the fuck is going on? Let me out of the house. Now, there were some other circumstances going on in my life. Don't get me wrong. There's just some stuff that I have to handle. Um, There are some challenges. Um, And every, you know, source of discomfort is an opportunity so there's just a place to look there's something to get distinguished there's something to get clear on and there's something to move through ultimately all we're gonna ultimately we're all gonna fucking die so that's it it's like ultimately every single person listening to this and every single person in the world all 7.5 billion however many it is we're all gonna just fucking die relatively soon when you think about it when you just study everything you just go back over the history of the earth's four point however many billion years like we're here for you know 
just a, a nanosecond of all of that, a nano year or whatever. I don't think I'm using that word properly with year, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, and we're all going to die. And uh, Jed McKenna, he has an amazing three-book series called The Enlightenment Trilogy. The first book is called Spiritual Enlightenment, The Damnedest Thing. The second one is called Spiritually Incorrect Enlightenment. And the third one, which is my favorite, is called Spiritual Warfare. And in one of those books, I believe it's Spiritual Warfare, he talks about the concept of memento mori. So M-O-M-E-N-T-O, memento mori, which means remember your death. So in other words, remind yourself on a regular basis that you are going to die. This body that your spirit currently inhabits will not exist forever. It's just, it's temporary. And if you're not a spiritual person, fine. I happen to be a spiritual person. I believe that we just are spirits inhabiting these bodies temporarily. But here's the thing, there's no proof. Like, except for those people, <coughs> excuse me, except for the people who have near-death experiences and like the incredibly enlightened sage avatars, of which there are very, very few. You don't really know, <clears throat> you know, like you read it in the Bible. If you're a Christian, the Bible says you'll go to heaven, but you don't really know. You haven't really talked to too many people who've gone and come back. I actually have a, actually have a colleague, badass mofo, this badass motherfucker named Carlos. He's one of my favorite people in the world. Um, very, very devout Christian in this really gnarly, mystical, um, Gnostic way. I, I, he doesn't like being called a Gnostic, but he's got this knowledge of God. Gnosis, gnosis versus agnosis, you know, agnostic without knowledge. And he's found this dude that like can shows him how to go to heaven and like shows him how to go to heaven and like hang out with Jesus and then come back with the lessons that Jesus has taught him. And he mentions these, there's this woman, this girl who's an artist. I cannot remember her name offhand um but she like went to heaven for seven days and came and jesus taught her to paint and she came back and just paints these like amazing just these amazing paintings you could probably google jesus taught her to paint beautiful paintings and find them but but my friend my my friend is starting to do this and it's uh it's amazing um he hasn't left his body yet but i'm really curious because I want proof. I'm like, yeah, tell me it's out there. Tell me what Jesus told you in heaven. Is it the same stuff that the Bible tells you? Is it different? Or maybe it's just this grand facade. Maybe it's just like this really clever parlor trick that this dude is teaching him. Who knows? It's a trip, though. So that might be the proof. But overall, you're going to die, and there's no proof that anything happens after this. We don't know, right? We don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Most people don't know. And we want to believe that there's something out there. And the atheists are just like, there's nothing. This is just all going nowhere. Da, 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 da. You know, and it's like, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of them deep down that they're in touch with something. I used to think I was an atheist. I used to be this like gnarly alcoholic fucking like leather jacket fucking wearing punk dude sort of you know, running around drunk and whatever, like a moron, basically, who thought he knew everything. I thought I, I literally knew everything in, in my 20s. I knew everything there was to know. And you were a fucking moron because you weren't me. And I was still a nice dude. Don't get me wrong. There was, I was sometimes when I share myself, when I, when I, when I 
relate to myself as that or, or share that that's how I used to be. People are like, you really weren't that bad, dude. Like, you know, whatever. It was all a bunch of fucking drunken fucktards in the town of in the town of Fort Collins, Colorado. Fort Collins, Colorado is like the gnarliest alcoholic drug addicted town ever. It's just like the gnarliest place ever. And it's just so beautiful. It's such a beautiful place. But that place was my downfall. Not not only my downfall, many people's downfalls. So um, I used to think I was this gnarly atheist dude, but I always knew there was something. I always knew there was something. It's just I, like what? What? There's there's something. There's all I I couldn't be in complete denial. And I remember I had this this I lived me and my brother and this other dude lived in this neighborhood on the north side of Fort Collins, in this Hispanic neighborhood, and. Um, Hispanic's the politically correct term. The Mexicans who live in that neighborhood would call it the Mexican neighborhood, for whatever that's worth. <laughs> anyway, I was corrected on that um, by my teacher when I was a student teacher. He's like, you can't call it the Mexican neighborhood. So I was like, I was telling the students one day, I live in a Mexican neighborhood. And he's like, it's Hispanic. You can't say Mexican. I was like, but it is Mexican. Well, you still can't say Mexican. Oh, okay. Right. So I started saying Hispanic, right? Whatever. Anyway, um, but there was this super cool dude named Mike who was like this total alcoholic who lived next door to me, and he was this devout Catholic. Just imagine like the Hispanic Catholic with like the Catholic candles, you know, the Jesus candles and whatnot. Like I actually have the Jesus candles burning all the time in my room, a Jesus candle, a Mary candle that you get at like the supermarket, you know, they're like, it's like. One of the best deals in the world is the supermarket Jesus candle. It's like a dollar fifty, and it burns for like four days and three days or something. And anyway, I like to surround myself with candles. Candles are fun. Candles emit energy. But this dude Mike would, I would get drunk with him on rum on his front porch, or I would swing by, and he would give me Vicodin too. He's one of the main reasons I got really addicted to drugs. Him and this other dude Louise, who lived on the other side. They, they like started feeding me Vicodin It's circa 2005, 2004, 2005. And all, all of a sudden I had all the Vicodin I could ever want. It was like a dream come true. And I was getting half of them from Mike and half of them from this other guy, Louise. And I think Mike and Louise were like in cahoots about it. Like they were conspiring in some way. Although Mike was much more pure hearted than Louise. Louise, I believe, was genuinely a sociopath. Because he started to score me Oxycontins also and straight up... Uh, What's that? What's that? What's that shit called that they give you for heroin? Methadone. He was scoring me mex- methadone and oxycontin. He's the single reason, actually, I got addicted to oxycontin. Was this dude Louise? So I was, but but when it first started, I was like a kid in a candy store. I'd get the Vicodin, and I'd go over to Mike's house, and we'd drink rum, and I the Vicodin would kick in, and it's just like, oh yeah, here it goes. And we would talk about God, and he would say, Dave, you know that you and your brother, you have. The, the two of you both have some guardian angels, and I can always see you, the angels that you and your brother have surrounding you, and uh, God loves you, and I would totally not reject him. I would, like, take that all in. I would be like, yeah, man. Yeah, dude. For you, for you, Mike, I will cease being an atheist in this moment, and I will look to something greater. And it's funny because I can just see, like, these... These little indicators, these little like guides along the path that led to the ultimate awakening, you know, the 
the the the rebornness that happened a few years after that. I could just see these little like guideposts or these little like spots along the path where you know people were like, yeah, there's something bigger than you, Dave, and I know that you know, and I know that you know that I know that you know. It's kind of like that wink, wink sort of a thing. And I'd be like, okay, Mike, all right, give me some more Viking and then I'll keep listening. <laughs> And this other dude, man, Lewis, man, he was he was fucking trouble. He got me hooked on great big whopping eighty milligram oxycontins. It was over. This was when oxycontin was still relatively new. Nobody knew that you could charge like hundred fifty bucks a pill for him yet. I got him for like five or ten bucks or something, you know. <laughs> or he just gave him to me. I don't know. His wife had uh, this had MS and had like severe pain all over her body, and he would just. He would just give me her Oxycontin for cheap so he could, like, go do whatever he did with the money. Um, in the Hispanic neighborhood in Fort Collins, this is uh, 2004 when things got, in 2005 when things were getting really bad for me. Really bad. So anyway, um, and and so my point is that there was this, that I was sort of being poked. I was sort of being moved in the direction of God, higher power, something greater than me. And that inevitably mid-July, circa July 20th, 2007, bam, white light, burning bush, treatment center, reborn. And that's when the fun began. That's what led me to surfing. That's what led me to this magical place, the Sherwin I lived, which I've mentioned several times. That's what led me to all sorts of friends and foes, but mostly friends. Mostly friends. So, here we are. But... There's still no fucking proof. We don't know. I'm hoping my boy Carlos <clears throat> goes to heaven and comes back and tells me for sure. And I think he, he might tell me I have to get baptized or something, uh, even though I've been baptized, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not sure where I was going with all of this other than spirit. A connection to spirit will free you. Because I've been digging deep into my kundalini practices. I did about two hours of kundalini yoga last night. It was just magical. And I talked about that chant a couple episodes ago, that particular mantra, Rake Rakanahar. And it it's just beautiful. I chanted it. I chanted it twice in a row. And it took me somewhere. It took me out of the present moment. It took me, I don't want to say out of the present moment, but it took me deeper into the present moment. It took me away from the COVID. It took me away from the pandemic. It took me away from the Facebook. It took me away from all of it. And I probably spent, I might have just said this, but I probably spent two hours practicing kundalini yoga last night. And wow. And what I discovered is that all that you need exists inside consciousness. And you don't even need the yoga. The yoga is just a technology to help you get there quicker. Um, but all the joy, all the pleasure, all the ecstasy, everything that you could ever possibly want exists inside of you, in between your two ears, in that magnificent, brilliant brain that you have. And even if your brain isn't all that brilliant, it doesn't matter because the spirit is eternally eternally wise. And it just has to house itself for a while inside of you. So... There's my spiel. In other news, I got slandered. I got slandered as a motherfucker by this dude in the coaching industry. There's a lot of toxicity in the coaching industry. There's a lot of 
I, I don't want to say backstabbing, but there's just like a lot of competition amongst coaches to get clients. Every single coach you know needs a client, always. I've never, literally never met a coach that doesn't need a client, ever. I've never met one that's got like too many clients, um, that's got like a waiting list. Even if you're like Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins probably has a waiting list, but but whatever. Um, some people argue that what he does actually isn't even coaching. It's like motivational, watch a hoozy. It's good stuff, but... Slightly different from what I do. I would go toe-to-toe with Tony, uh, Tony Robbins in a coaching competition any day, though. Any day I would go up against Tony. It would be fun. It would be fun to have a coach-off with Tony Robbins, see who could create the better results with, with a given citizen, right? But, uh, yeah, this, this coach, he, uh, he told one of my clients who mentioned to him that I was her coach that I was like a pussy hound. <laughs> Like that I just like hit it and quit it all over the place. And that's all I want is pussy. And I just fuck them and then leave them, which, you know, um, there's I, I, I have hit and quit in the past. This is no secret. <laughs> this is uh, the, about the furthest thing from a secret, um, you know, that I have, yes, not behaved with the greatest integrity in regards to sex and women. I would never deny that for a second. Um, I could let you know that there's a very great, big, gigantic wound that is the source of that behavior that I am eternally in the process of healing and that I am very responsible um, for. So, you know, very often our wounds dictate our actions subconscious. We don't, we don't realize it. Um, that's what alcoholism, alcoholism is something hurts and it's going to dictate my walk to the bar and the 12 beers and maybe the prison, 12 beers I drink and maybe the prison sentence I end up with. Um, and so there's a wound that fuels that behavior. Now, I am not excusing my behavior. I uh, am not uh, in denial of it. And, you know, I had the conversation with the client, you know, is there anything I need to clean up with you? And she, you know, she's cool with it. I don't think she was surprised. Um, at the same time, you know, there have been, uh, a few women who I have loved so deeply, uh, who I've loved with every single itsy bitsy, teeny tiny last little bit of my soul. I've loved so much, so much. You are my everything. You're all I could ever want. And you know, what do you think they did? <laughs> I probably, there's probably two of them, or maybe three I could be married to right now, but they hurt me so bad. What do you do with that kind of a wound? You just might take revenge on the entire species of the feminine or ravage the feminine in whatever. Who knows? It's all protection. That kind of behavior is, um, promiscuity is very often uh, protection for something, or it's just something that we automatically uh, it's just a, a what we refer to as an automatic way of being. It's something we just start automatically doing without realizing we're doing it. So, not to defend. I don't. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm defending my uh, promiscuous behavior that has manifested once or twice over the four and a half decades I've been living. It wasn't manifesting in the first couple, mostly. But uh, anyway, so. Um, so he basically went out of his way to tell this client of mine that I'm a fucking dirtbag, shithead, um, man whore, you know, piece of fucking crap. And um, me and this particular client have a very close, good, amazing working relationship. And I, 
when we're done being coach and client, we will be friends. It's like a soul connection. Sometimes you, you're, uh, sometimes when you're a coach, once in a while you get a, a client and there's, it's a soul connection. It's this a kind of eternal connection. It's just this sort of meant to be thing. Um, and there just happens to be an exchange of time for money currently, but the, the bond will last forever. And so if this person who slandered me didn't think this was going to get back to me immediately or thought that this client of mine was going to go, oh, thank you for enlightening me about Dave and his icky behavior. I think I'll fire him as my coach. I, th- I think this person maybe wanted it to go that way. Um, and uh, no, that's not how it went. And I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to fight back against this person. It's not, it's not even worth it. Um, and through the lens of, as I mentioned, the woman that was slandering me on Facebook a couple weeks ago, um, calling me a fucking idiot for wanting to go surfing, um, in the same way that um, she was a teacher and she was showing me that I have some righteousness issues that I need to heal and the way that I will heal them is by forgiving her and therefore he, uh, forgiving myself in the process. Same thing with this dude. Um, the, the, the interesting thing is through the lens of like complete and total spiritual responsibility, complete and total responsibility for my entire existence, complete and total responsibility for my experience of being alive, there was a kernel of truth, right? There's what, there was something that he communicated to her that was true, right? There's, there's, uh, I don't want to even want to say true. There was something valid, right? My behavior hasn't always been the greatest and perhaps... Um, this is a consequence coming back to haunt me. And furthermore, uh, this person, it's so funny. He's like this, he's like this big, strong guy. He like, he's like a man's man. I'm a man. We need to man up. He's one of those like, we need to man up guys. Time to man up. No more of this PC fucking bullshit. It's time to man up, you know? Um, but he's the biggest gossip I ever met in my entire life. He's always talking about one person to another person in an unfavorable light, like a, like a 12 year old seventh grade, 12 year old girl in the locker room. Hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. He can't see it. It's just, there's a problem with everybody else except him. And so, um, my initial reaction to this was hatred, anger. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. Uh, Fuck him and blah, 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 blah. And, um, and then I talked it over with a couple of friends, a couple of colleagues, um, and I saw that I have a part in this. The part is that, yeah, well, you know, dude is kind of right. He wasn't exactly telling a lie there, right? So I'm going to own that I did, in fact, do something. Um, I'm going to also acknowledge myself for being willing to heal this part of myself and to really move beyond it, you know, which I have, especially in the last like year or two. Um, cause sex is very much sacred and, um, and I'm going to get supported on it. And I, I just came to the conclusion that he's just a projection of my subconscious. Like I'm known to gossip. I've been the biggest gossip in the world. I've been a guy that's got so many problems with so many people. And the real problem was me. Whenever you got a problem with all sorts of different people all over the place, the problem is most definitely you. Even if you got a problem with Trump, you might want to check in and see what the problem with you is. Um, but there's definitely a problem with Trump. Um, <clears throat> but it, it was just an opportunity for me to look at my own behavior. Like, what did I do to create this? Hmm. And am I going to retaliate or am I going to forgive? 
And by forgiving him, I'm forgiving that part of myself that is the exact same way, you know, that that has has been slanderous, that has spoken of people unfavorably, that has gossiped, that gossiped all the way through junior high, high school, college, and post, you know. Um, And I didn't even really realize that there was a problem with gossip up until about two or three years ago. And it's really toxic. If you read The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, he talks about um, impact, be impeccable with your word, and he talks about the most toxic way to use language one of the most toxic ways to use language is gossip it's talk about other people and so by forgiving this person this other person who slandered me i'm actually forgiving myself and that's the that's the growth and it's it would be so easy to slip into the negative and to retaliate i was ready to like call the international coach federation on him and you know have it be this fucking thing and create a great big fight about it and it was funny because i I shared uh, in a very intentional way. I shared what had happened with a colleague of mine this morning, and uh, it and from a responsible place, um, in service of being fully responsible for it. And, and his response was, "Well, that's not cool." And actually, I have a meeting with him tomorrow, and I think now it's probably going to go differently based on what you just shared with me. And I was like, "Wow!" So you don't even need to retaliate. You don't even need to. The universe completely worked it out. Um, cause if you don't, the Buddha says, don't worry about getting revenge on people. The, they'll, they will just, they'll dig their own grave in the long run. And that's what you reap, what you sow and is the same as karma. It's the exact same thing. What goes around comes around. So I don't know, always trying to be responsible. What are you not being fully responsible for? Who are you pissed at that you actually did something to, but don't want to admit it? So that best friend that you can't talk to anymore, what did you do? You know, what did you do? What's your part? You know, like I talk about my alcoholic next door neighbors. and I'm like, well, what's my part? Well, you know, I kind of fucked myself up financially a couple years ago, and that's why I live in this cheap-ass fucking place next to the fucking alcoholics, right? What's my part in it? Talk about forgiveness. This guy's drunk all the time. If I forgive him, that's forgiving myself for every time I was a fucking drunken jackass. Right? So, again, people show up in in our experience as projections and illusions of our subconscious guilt. And we for, when we forgive them, we forgive ourselves. That's the takeaway. So take a look at who in your life is pissing you off and then move beyond Move beyond the fuck you. And the forgiveness is on the other side. And when you forgive them, you're forgiving yourself. God bless. Thank you for listening. Talk to you next time. Magic Pisces Podcast. Dave K. Bye-bye.